All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. And away we go for the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and Carter Hutton. How's it going, buddy? How are you? I am good, my man. We got cold weather here. I'm on the outdoor rinks. We're fine-tuning the kids' game. Who knows, baby? What's going on? Dude, I was out last night, went to a movie, watched Wonka, but that's beside the point. Got back in my car. I forgot how much I hate winter. It actually hit me yesterday because that was the coldest it's been in winter. And it was like minus seven and just waiting for your car to heat up. I will say the saving grace is like the seat warmer I have that I can turn on where it's like it saves my ass a bit, literally. But other than that, I'm just not a winter guy. Are you? No, I like, I don't mind it to an extent, right? If I'm busy and I can have something to do, if we're going skiing or on the rinks or we're we're finding something to do, but when it gets real cold, like I'm in Northwestern Ontario, man, it is, there's no joke. Like when it hits, you're like, what am I doing here? Why do I live here? You start contemplating a lot of life choices, but, uh, (laughs) but the weather's honestly been really good. And when it's like minus five, minus 10 out and it's like a snowy, sunny day, like I'm, I'm in, I love it. But I also like, I like the heat. I'm going to Mexico next week, so let's not kid around here. Yeah, let's rub that in, please. Uh, it's it's funny you say that because I took the plunge. Uh, I went out last week just after Boxing Day to buy like a new winter jacket. Right now, I get by with the pea coat, but the pea coat's only good till about minus two, and then after that, you need a bigger, like sort of parka type jacket, especially in Canada. You just never know what you're gonna get, but. You know, I was telling the guys to try to pick a jacket. I'm like, well, let's hope it actually gets to like minus five, minus 10 to feel this jacket. Uh, It feels really, really warm. I'm happy about the purchase, but it's been a really, really knock on wood, 
Very important knock on wood. It's been a very mild winter where I'm uh, at, at least here in Toronto. I don't know about you. No, yeah, big time. It's been kind of one of those things. I think it's funny because everyone complains at Christmas time. They're like, I wish it was cold. Where's the snow? And then it comes and everyone's like, oh, man, it's so cold. I'm like, well, you can't you can't have both. Right. So it's one of those things. Uh, I think it affects a lot of people up here where I am. Right. Because a lot of people make money off the snow. Right. The ski hills and people removing snow and stuff. But I don't know this weather. Who knows what's going to happen here? Are you peeling down to an all-star weekend in a month or what? What's the deal here? I am. Yeah, that's the plan. Ooh. I don't have anything confirmed yet, but that is the plan. They're bringing me in, you know, nestle in with some of the boys. I got I got a few guys that made it too. Hopefully we can get talk to some good guys. Sammy Reinhardt, Jack Eichel, a few of my buddies. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Clayton Keller, former teammate as well. Wow. A lot of guys, a lot of, lot of dirt, a lot of dirt in the all-star game. Buddy, we're going to nestle in all right. I didn't realize if you were confirmed or not, but that's great to hear because uh, there's going to be some nestling done that week. And I tell you right now, it's it's sort of funny. So the all-star announcements, the initial ones come out on Thursday night. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Austin Matthews is named an all-star for the fifth time in his career. I think it's perfect. It's very similar. Last year, I was in Florida. Matthew Kachuk was like the quote-unquote host of all-star weekend with it being in Florida and all that and Barkov as well. Matthews is going to be the unofficial host here. Like, I wouldn't be shocked that Bieber's in the mix. Nylander's going to be there. Um, he's going to get voted in, obviously. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Riley gets there, maybe even Mitch Marner. But I think this is perfect. A, considering how great Matthews has been, 30 goals in 35 games will do it to begin with. But just his presence, how big he is, how important he is to the city, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? He's off to a crazy start, right? Especially after signing that big ticket too, right? Sometimes you get those big tickets, the guys check out, and he's just showing it, right? Especially, you know, the way the league has been with Nylander and the big four and all the heat they've taken. He's really answered the bell here, right? Especially after a strong playoff there, especially winning that first series against Tampa. He was obviously really good in and coming back this year, motivated and firing all cylinders. So it's it's fun to watch. And man, he is an absolute machine out there. He is a rig and a threat. It's crazy he can do what he do, does at his size. Well, and it's, I think it's important that you, being a former NHL netminder, bring that up because I do think we take a guy like Austin Matthews for granted in this city and in the NHL in general. We may never see a guy who scores like this. Like, it, it is ridiculous. Like, even to an extent, Alex Ovechkin in his prime didn't score like the way we're seeing Austin Matthews. Maybe the longevity is going to be there more with Ovechkin because he did it over a longer period of time. But with the relative ease on a nightly basis that Matthew scores, man, it actually is is becoming insane. And I wouldn't be shocked if he scores 50 and 50, if he gets to 70 goals. Like, I think everything is a possibility now with this guy. Yeah, he is. He's a threat. Every time, Honestly, every time he touches the puck, like, where with Ovi, I find he's more of a stationary guy, right? Someone's doing the work for him. He's got the crazy one-timer, can score from anywhere. Where Matthews gets puck, like, there's a few guys I hold in this regard where they get the puck anywhere on the rink, they immediately become a threat to score. Um, as a goalie playing against Matthews, I played a ton of games against the Leafs. I would always think of, like, red line approach was my game plan. So when a guy would get the puck, as they cross the red line, I would, like, set my movement, get ready to come. Guys like Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon, these guys, they get the puck in the defensive zone anywhere you immediately have to be on because that's how dangerous they are. They can beat you at any threat. Um, and I always found on the power play with Matthews, he'd get that puck. He gets rolling downhill toward the net. Man, he has so many options. He like he can make passes. He can beat you clean. He goes five hole. He fakes it. All of a sudden, you'll be screened behind a guy. And next thing you know, he pulls it six inches into his feet and he releases a bomb. It's He's got all the tools and he's impressive to watch, that's for sure.
It's so funny. Like I watch overdrive quite a bit. And Jeff O'Neill yesterday is like, I would score 30 goals in 82 games. And the GM would be like, you're a rock star. This guy's scoring 30 goals in 35 games. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And I try my best when watching Austin Matthews and the Leafs specifically, I've got to pinch myself. Like we are actually witnessing greatness. And this is not me with my blue colored glasses on. It just, it is what it is. Like, I think people have to tip their cap and say, this guy is a legend already. And he has still so many years left in his career. That's why I think it's going to be so cool to sort of build all-star weekend around Austin Matthews. And I think for the entire world to be the hockey world, at least to be in Toronto for that. And for Matthews to be the host and the captain pretty much of one of the four teams, I think it's going to be excellent. No, it's awesome. Right. And it's, and it's, it's nice too. Cause he's a guy from like a non-traditional market too. Right. He kind of went yeah. a different path and, and even what he's done in Arizona, like when my little guy was in this little, uh, little howler skating program, it was nuts. They have such a great program. I think it was 200, 250 bucks. They suit the kids from head to toe in gear. And wow. all the kids were awesome. And every guy I played with that came from Vancouver, we had we had Lad that came in, I think from the Islander. And we had Beagle, Roussel, a bunch of guys with kids that age. All these guys from big Canadian markets in Vancouver and different parts of Canada were like, they couldn't believe how good the kids were in Arizona. And that's because of the Austin Matthews effect and what he's trickled down effect he's done to the States. And, and especially, you know, the Sunshine State there, a little Arizona. Wild. I'll- I love those stories, man. It's it's really good to see. And we're even seeing at the World Junior, maybe it's a one-off, maybe it's not. But Canada not even playing for a medal. The American squad's so, so strong. And they could potentially go all the way and win this uh, gold medal final. I was going to ask you, too, like, what's the perception around the league around All-Star Weekend? I know this time of year, people love bitching about who does and who doesn't make the team. There's a lot of guys who don't even want to show up to All-Star Weekend. What's the perception around it from the player standpoint? I think most guys enjoy it. The fact of like, it's an honor, right? For the most part, you see a lot of guys invited back all the time. It's built around the stars, right? And I get that you have to promote the league, but I I think sometimes what guys struggle with are, is the hoopla of the, like the skills competitions, the bad drills, right? The one year when they brought the women in was a tricky time too, right? Cause then these guys are like getting beat by people, you know, getting exposed in certain areas where they didn't feel like, you know, it's as serious as it could be. Um, I think guys struggle with that a little bit, but for the most part, the all-star game is like a great honor, right? I think now that they've created that three on three game where it stays a little bit more serious is better. Cause sometimes you turn the game on in years past and you're just like, man, this is tough to watch. Right. So it's, it's one of those things. And I think it's a good night out for the boys as well. Right. Cause majority of these guys that oh. are in it, there's a lot of friends that know each other cause they've came up all together. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about it, and I, I totally understand and comprehend that is sort of the obligation. If you're there at all-star weekend as a player, the signings and meeting with the media and, and practices. And so I got, there's, there's so much happening. Whereas you look at some players and they get to cozy away in Mexico for a couple of days. It's like, how do you measure that? Because I think you lose sight of the fact that, hey, you know, I've been to a bunch of these. And number two, like you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Like that's the end goal. And you get some players in the league getting the opportunity to rest while you're at All-Star Weekend. But I get it. I mean, I think if you're named, you got to sort of go at least a couple of times, unless you're in Alex Ovechkin territory where you just hit the decline button really, really quickly now. Uh, what he normally does, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if he, you don't even think he's going to be named this year. Actually, he might because uh, he's Alex Ovechkin. But I think they've tried their best to change the the formula a bit. Um, I just think it is what it is at this point in time. And I think from that standpoint, it's more so the obligation. Like, did you see Oliver Bjorkstrand the way he responded? Dave Haxtell told him he made the team. He's like, where was he going? Like Mexico or something? Yeah, I think I think it was Mexico. 
He's like, yeah, like he was just, I, I don't even know. It, it looked kind of like fake because like, why the fuck do you have a camera set up in the coach's room to begin with? Like, yeah. I, I never trust anything I see on social media anymore. But he's like, ah, oh, Axel's like the worst actor on earth. He's like, you better change your ticket to Toronto. And, and he, th- I, I thought he meant like he was getting traded there because the way he worded it was weird. And then Bjorkstrand's like, yeah, and you can see his face like, oh, but. I think it's his first ever uh, time he's going to All Star. So yeah, I I don't know. I I guess part of me is like, I don't know. If I ever got named to an All Star game, I would be pumped, right? Like it's an yeah. honor, right? It's something like, yeah. man, the beach wherever you're going, it's not going anywhere, right? Like this is an honor. Like I always thought it was great. I remember the one year I forget who missed, uh, and then Brian Elliott was already on vacation. He pulled the shoot to go back to be in it because it's like an honor. We get to play for sure. only a certain amount of time and. For me, it was something that I remember the one year I had a really good year in St. Louis, but I wasn't even close because I didn't play enough games. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's always cool, right? You see these guys, you grew up watching it. It's something to be a part of where sometimes these guys that are making like, you know, 10 million, they're like, oh, this is BS. I have to go to this game like, oh, poor you. You'll be OK. Survive. Like, it's not like you're asking you to go through the combine here. You're literally going out. You're floating around. You're having fun. It's all in good taste, right? Yeah, well, rest assured, I can add to that uh, Willie Nylander, he shouldn't book any trips to uh, the beach. He's going to be in Toronto for All-Star Weekend. He'll be named an All-Star at some point in time over the next couple of weeks. And uh, speaking of that, it sounds like he's getting closer and closer to an extension. So with that in mind, uh, Chris Johnston, of course, from TSN, The Athletic, uh, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, he's going to drop by in about 10 minutes from now. We're going to get the latest on that front. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our YouTube channel right now if you're watching Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Uh, Least Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast as well. If you could do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. Maybe comment as well and uh, hook us up. That'd be fantastic. And once again, at the Leaf Station 4-1 on YouTube, where you could subscribe. Uh, Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25, uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject change. Terms apply. So, uh, it's a weird scheduling quirk, but they're they're going to play a back-to-back, a home-and-home, I guess I should say, with the San Jose Sharks. So, tomorrow, Saturday, and then Tuesday back at Scotiabank Arena. Am I the only one scared shitless because San Jose's dropped 10 in a row and we know how Toronto does against the shitty teams in this league? Yeah, honestly, I I think this is a game to mark and to be worried about, especially back to back here. Like, be interesting to see how they play this here, right? Like, they've played well this road trip so far, but the back to back is no joke, right? Like, I played I played Anaheim in a seven game series and then San Jose in a seven game series, and that flight back and forth. I was in Nashville, which is even closer. The flight back and forth has wear and tear on you. And when I say I played, I meant I sat there and watched Pecorine play. But like just the wear and tear of being on that bird. And like, so this is a tricky game, right? Because it's like you don't want guys to get hurt. You're trying to manage minutes, but you need to get wins against a team that's in the cellar, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. But it is setting up for you wouldn't be surprised if they drop these ones or one at least. I will just put this out there. If they don't win both these games, I will be really, really pissed off in this podcast. I'll just say that it's San Jose. I expect one, at least one of the games to be close. They played Winnipeg close on Thursday night. Connor Hellebuck's having a fantastic season, by the way. He's my front runner right now for the Vesna trophy. He's been great. Thatcher Demko is as well. Sergey Bobrovsky is another with the Florida Panthers, but you bottom line, like, I don't care who it is. You got to find a way to win these teams, uh, win these games. And I, it would be great. If the Leafs went into San Jose and smashed them, 
Like, I think we're all waiting for that points night. Actually, I went to a points night last year where they played the Anaheim Ducks in Toronto. It was like eight nothing or something like that. I would love to see the Leafs make a statement, which is funny to say because it's the worst team in the league, but go in there and just smash them. Like, build off the win in LA, build off the win in Anaheim, go in there, smash the San Jose Sharks, say, You have no life. You're not winning this. We know you've dropped 10 in a row. We're the better team. Put your foot down. But I just don't know if that's going to happen, sadly. I can see the ice being tilted like it was in Anaheim. And and Blockwood played really well last night against Winnipeg. I think that's the only chance of this being close, in my opinion. Um, yeah. He's a really good goalie. Thunder Bay boy, obviously. This, we just we breed him up here. What can I say? But you know, he's he's a rig. But, man, this, this is lopsided. I think this is going to be a big-time blowout. I, I Again, like you said, as long as they play the right way. Like, if they drop one and it's like a 1-1 game, you lose an overtime or a shootout or something, I can live with that. But you don't want them to go in there and lay an egg and just be ugly. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the goalies, right? On both sides. What would you... So we had this conversation earlier this week. They obviously didn't play Dennis Hill to be. I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. I think they're being very protective and understandably so. Does this seem like a good spot? Like whether it's in San Jose or in Toronto to put Hill to be out there. Like they're going to have to play him at some point unless you're running the gauntlet with Martin Jones. Yeah, like I don't, I can't see. So my concern is j- Wall's injury, right? Like where's he at? Ankles are ankles can be a bitch. Yeah. And then the fact that now you have Martin Jones, an older guy. How many games are you going to ride him? What if something happens to Martin Jones? Then what's the plan is we get Samson off back and we just continue to watch that tire fire. So it's it's going to be tricky where I think it sets up well. You know, obviously he would be protected if you started him in San Jose because the team isn't on a back-to-back, but both teams are playing back-to-back and they both have to travel. So it's not like there's one or the other. My concern is him getting his first start in Toronto. Like that adds a giant element to the pressure already put on this kid. So it'll be interesting to see how it sets up for him. But at some point, I believe you have to play him. It's just hockey, right? I think he's ready at least for a game. And you can't play Martin Jones every game because if he gets hurt, man, they're going to be in wild trouble. And I think on top of that, like I talked about this the other day, it could be a motivating thing having a young, young netminder against an inferior opponent. Like they've tried everything else, right? It hasn't worked. So maybe you put Hill to be in there and you know how guy, how guys will try to rally and work hard and, and be that team, uh, you know, to play better with a young prospect rookie netminder in there. So maybe that's the play. Yeah, I think they would answer the bell for him, right? Like, there's not a single guy that doesn't understand his situation and aren't aren't going to, like, put it out there to get it done for this kid. Yeah. So, but my concern is just playing in that fishbowl. Like, man, that is a lot. Like, you don't want to scar him, but at some point they have to play him. I thought the Ducks game might have been the one they played him, especially with this back-to-back, but maybe they're setting up because they know that they had a little bit of rest here before they have to head into this with Jones and Hill to be you know, with these bottom feeder team with the Sharks. Well, maybe uh, we, uh, we ask our guests today. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds. Axe throwing the final location and book an outing today. Go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com, battlegrounds.com for the very latest as we bring in the one and only Chris Johnson from TSN, The Athletic, and the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. CJ, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good to see you guys. Happy Friday. You as well, and happy new year, my friend. Um, since we're having that conversation, Dennis Hildeby, when would you put him in there, CJ? Ooh, I, probably Saturday, honestly. Um, I, I think that you know I, I caught a little of, of what you guys were just saying before I came on, and I, I it's hard to argue with what Carter's saying here. I mean, playing him in Toronto is a different thing. I mean, this is an interesting kid. I, I don't know how much you know about his backstory, but he, he only really got thrown into the Swedish league two years ago. So he, he's he's barely played 
professional hockey. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a little bit of a gamble, I think, putting him in the net. But, you know, from the moment he played for Faryastad two years ago, his team went and won a title that year. He had a good season last year there, and then he started well in the American Hockey League. I mean, it's going to be a bit of a, a roll of the dice, but, you know, you have to think he's going to play some games, um, you know, depending what how things go with, with Samsonov. And so, you know, Saturday in San Jose seems like probably as good a place as any if you're going to throw him into the fire. Yeah, I would think so as well. Lots brewing, of course, in this market. As you know, I want to get to the big topic. Well, there's a bunch of big topics, of course, including Austin Matthews. But Willie Nylander, uh, what's the latest on that front? Seems to have cooled a little bit after, you know, it spiked up a bit this week. I mean, you know, the, the truth of the matter here is the Leafs and William Nylander's agent have been talking all season long. You know, I think it's been a, a sort of a long grind of a negotiation. Um, and you know, that, that dialogue will continue, but you know, they're, they're getting closer and closer to where I think that both sides recognize it'd be nice to, to get a deal done, get it, get it put to bed and, and out of the way long before the trade deadline, uh, perhaps even before the all-star weekend, uh, you know, comes to Toronto at the start of February. Uh, but the, the, the fact remains that they haven't quite got to the point where both sides are, are comfortable with the deal. Um, you know, it seems as though they're, they're well aligned on an eight year contract. I think that uh, there's an understanding between both. It's going to be above $11 million if they get it done. And then it's, it's a matter of getting to the exact number. And, you know, that's a tricky thing to do with, with the cap going up. It's not something we've had, you know, for a number of seasons here in the league. So there's been less focus on it, but when, you know, the top players are are now looking at the percentage of uh, what they get from the team in terms of the the salary cap. And that hasn't mattered when the, the cap number itself isn't going up, but with a $4 million jump coming next season, I think that, you know, the Leafs are naturally making comparables to players, what they've signed already in the past. And if you're in William Nylander's camp, you're saying, yeah, but, you know, 13% of the cap at 87 million, you know, that's, that's well, you know, it's closer to 11 and a half million dollars. And so, you know, I'm not sure exactly where they're going to wind up when it comes to the number, but it does seem like talks are in a good place. And, and I do think there's going to be a push to get it done in the near future. Yeah, Chris, obviously, I, I think the same thing. And he's he you know, obviously bet on himself here too, right? He's played great and he's held out now. My take is if they get this deal done, does that solidify we're running with this core four again here, trying to move forward and, and just, you know, run it back here with these guys? Or is there still a chance that somebody gets moved to, you know, solidify maybe a, a deeper net or back end? It would, it would, I think it would solidify the core four. I mean, obviously, Mitch Marner's only one year out from having the same conversation with about him next season. And so, you know, he's going to have a decision to make too. I, you know, I'm not sure where that will go. Um, but, you know, you would think the Leafs will, will try to keep him. I'd imagine being a local guy who's had the success he's had here, that, that, you know, there's a deal to be made with him. And so, you know, at that point, obviously, John Tavares too is out of a contract as of next season. I mean, time flies. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it, there's still room, I guess, is what I'm saying, because there's still decisions to be made to, to make a change to that core four. I think, you know, what it would signal is is clearly they're going ahead with, with Matthews as the centerpiece of the team and that Nylander, I think is an increasingly important part of, of the future. And, you know, with the cap going up, there is lots of money now to, to move things around. You've got, you know, TJ Brody, Ilya Samsonov, Bertuzzi, Domi, all these guys are on expiring deals. And so I think there is a chance to still move money around or, or to have a different look to the team next season, even with those, those main pieces still in place. So my big concern is like they're about to pay Nylander for the kind of impact he's majorly, you know, doing this year and putting together. That's like 45 goals around there and 116 points. I just wonder, CJ, if that type of production is sustainable and, you know, to suggest that the number is going to be what, around 11, 11 and a half. We're thinking around there. Do you think like how how does he end up his 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 side of the bargain? Like what does he need to do to be like, you know what, justified? I'm worth that money. 
it's got to be a primetime player for as many of those eight years as, as can be possible. I mean, the only concern I would have, and this is for any player, eight years is an eternity in pro sports. I mean, all kinds of things can happen, you know, injuries, you know, look at the Jonathan Huberto deal. I mean, that's at the extreme end of where a team immediately has buyer's remorse where he's, he's still got seven more years on his contract and, and his, his play has fallen off precipitously in Calgary. So, you know, there's, there's always risk in long-term contracts. Um, I guess on both ends, you know, at Nylander's age, there's less risk for him because the odds of him outperforming this deal are probably not that high uh, because you typically don't see players get better in their thirties. Although there's, there's some that have, I mean, Joe Pavelski still moldering along and, you know, he's, he's got some gray in his beard like I do. So, you know, you, you never say never. I mean, William Nylander's incredibly well conditioned, a very serious athlete. Um, you know, there's, there's no reason to think he can't play well into his late thirties. It's just certainly not a guarantee that, um, you know, that's going to happen. So, you know, I, I think he has to be a, a first line bona fide star for them for, for the deal to make sense. But, you know, if you look the way his career's, you know, trended, you know, if anything, his numbers are probably held back a little bit because he didn't play as much. You know, if you look back, you know, three, four years ago, he was getting 17 minutes a night while the other top players were getting 20 plus. He's, he's played more this year. The production's up. He's boosted his totals each of the last couple seasons. I mean, someone's going to, someone's going to pay him a lot of money if it's not Toronto and, you know, I think the Leafs really like the player, and I know he certainly wants to stay and, and play for the Leafs. Yeah, he's definitely fun to watch, right? There's this confidence, even when even on the penalty kill, right? What he can do shorthanded. Um, but touching back on the goalies here, with Sampanoff struggles, and obviously Tree Living looks like a genius right now with the one year deal on him. What is the plan moving forward here? You know, like Wool obviously has this ankle injury, which concerns me. I dealt with bad ankles and playing goal is tough. You know, do they ride Martin Jones or do they look for someone to fill that gap, or is this just like a wait and see on Sampsonoff here? I think it's a giant wait and see. I mean, certainly they're they're gauging the market to see what's out there, but you know, like a lot of other teams in the same position, I, I don't think that there's you know a slam dunk you know acquisition to be made, and and you know the Leafs have to be very protective of what few assets they have to trade because I do think they want to you know move some pieces to to solidify the blue line still before March eighth, and you know obviously they have to protect themselves when it comes to the cap. I mean. At this point, I think they're almost hoping, praying, doing whatever they can that Samsonov at least rediscovers some degree of form uh, where he can be a player for them. You know, there was a lot to like about Joseph Wall, but, you know, he's, he's still young in his career, hasn't had a ton of experience. And then coming back from that injury, I mean, it all feels a little bit tenuous, doesn't it? I, I suppose the, the, the wisdom of signing a veteran like uh, Martin Jones is at least paying off in the short term here. Um, but you know, I, I would think that they probably want someone playing in, in front of him when it comes to the biggest games of the season and into the playoffs. And so I think it's, it's very much wait and see. We've got nine weeks from today until the trade deadline and probably the way things unfold over those nine weeks will dictate whether they're, you know, actually trading for another goaltender before that deadline or uh, rolling with what they got. I was going to say you're probably counting on the days till March 8th, but uh, I wanted to mention a guy who deserves a lot of credit. He's really, really stepped up. Simone Benoit. Like, it's sort of funny to ask this question, but do you think his emergence, his random emergence, might change the focus of what they're looking to do on the back end? Like, there's no doubt they're going to add one guy, but maybe they don't add that second guy and they allocate those resources somewhere else. Like, how do they feel about Benoit right now? Yeah, he's been a real, you know, nice signing for them. Obviously, it was a depth signing at the time. He, you know, like he played over 70 games for Anaheim last year. Um, you know, the Ducks obviously weren't competing for too much other than the, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes at the time. So, you know, maybe the, you know, that explains why A, he wasn't qualified by them and B, he wasn't signed by another team sooner than he was. But, you know, I, I think that it does give them a little more confidence in the depth. And that's maybe some of the, the benefits when you go through the injury situations you, they, that you, you do is, is you see other players step up and, 
you know, I think that for sure he's someone that they would trust to play on their third pairing in, in a big game. And so, you know, I, I definitely think it, it could change slightly the approach. I, you know, I still think they're going to make a move there. Um, you know, it's something Brad Trilliving's really been talking about since second or third week of the season when he was doing media scrums is that, that you know, he wants to address the blue line. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's – it might have shifted. You're right. Probably what you said is that maybe you're talking about one acquisition rather than two if Benoit continues to play well. And, you know, in the meantime, good for him. He's he started the year, uh, you know, not in their NHL plans necessarily, but he's, he's really worked his way into the lineup now. Is uh, Chris Tanev still the guy that they're zoning in on here? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't think it's just Chris Tanev. I mean, certainly no secret that the Leafs, you know, have interest there. You know, part of the problem is I think Calgary would like to get at least a second round pick back for him. If, if you look at the Leaf sheet, that I think the next three second round picks are already spoken for. And so they don't, you know, there's not necessarily an easy match for, um, you know, that, that kind of deal. And, and the, the truth is there's other players out there. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Philadelphia does. I mean, they've, they've hung in a lot longer, I think, than probably even their management expected, certainly than I expected. And so, you know, they got some defensemen to trade. You know, it, it's not a year where, I think we're going to have real headliners uh, at this trade deadline. I mean, I mean, I suppose, you know, Elias Lindholm's a pretty good player was selected as an all-star last night and he's likely to be moved, but you know, there, there definitely are the kind of pieces I think the Leafs need. There's, there's going to be another number of defensemen moved. And so while Tanev is, is someone that I, that I think they, they continue to have interest in, I, it's not him or bust. I think that there's other options for them uh, depending how the market evolves. Yeah. We've kind of touched on that a little bit 
throughout here just with Keith coaching and and obviously this Atlantic division has been you know powerful for a lot of years here and it seems like it's a passing of the torches here with the Metro division just being a log jam and looking like the top three teams in Atlantic and no one will get a wild card spot do the Leafs try to stretch to get better position you know moving into the playoffs or making a trade or putting something on notice when you know this might be the last chance as these teams start to get better and better in the Metro yeah, I mean, I, they have to be all in, right? And and this is the tricky thing. You know, Brad Trey Living's taken over this team in the last year. You know, he is not responsible for the decisions made before him, but the cupboard is getting pretty bare, which is what happens when you've had six or seven years where you're you're really trying to win. You know, they've, they've dealt away a number of first-round picks in previous seasons. And, you know, those second-rounders, as I mentioned, they don't have a ton of prospects on, on the rise, but I, I still think they have to keep pushing the cards in, um, you know, basically by signing Matthews to the four-year extension they did that, that gave them an, a five-year window from that moment uh, because he had one year left on his deal this year. And then the four more to come where I think the Leafs have to try to be building to win the cup each of those seasons. So, you know, I, I do think that they're going to do absolutely everything they can, you know, barring an injury to a, a big player that could change, you know, things if they have a long-term injured reserve situation, I mean, that the cap is going to continue to be an issue for them. Uh, and a lot of teams, basically all the top teams are capped out at this point in time. Um, but, you know, we've seen them made a lot, make a lot of creative moves in the past. Uh, you know, Brandon Pridham, their assistant general managers, a wizard at, uh, you know, having them limbo under that cap ceiling. And so, um, you know, I think it's going to be an aggressive deadline period. I just, you know, I don't really know how, how much is going to be out there. You know, as I said, I don't, I don't necessarily see them trading for a frontline forward, um, but I could see a, an impactful move on the blue line for sure. And then we'll just have to see, where the goaltending ends up here with Samsonov and Wall's injury and all that. CJ, what about the Ottawa Senators? Like they're a team that's so polarizing in my world because nobody expects them to be a deadline seller and they're going to be a deadline seller. They're, they're awful. And a name like Jacob Chikrin just seems to come back to my head. He's a year and a half away from UFA. I don't know what this guy's seen in his time in Ottawa suggests, Hey, I want to sign there long-term like is he a guy that potentially could be out there at some point in time, if not this season, into the offseason? Ottawa in general, how do you view them at the deadline? Well, I don't think the Senators themselves have made that determination, but you're right. I mean, the writing is starting to get on the on the wall here. And, you know, another loss last night uh, for them. And, you know, it's just, just been a disastrous season, really, um, from, from start to finish. You know, fired GM and coach in season, you know, having a player suspended 41 games. You know, losing a first round draft pick again, some of that is, is from things that happened in the past, but it's all come down here in the last three, four months since Michael Anlauer bought the team. And, you know, I, I suppose one of the, the good aspects of that is you, you got a fresh set of eyes on everything and, and you don't have a lot of connection to, to those, to the things that have gone on. And so I think it is an opportunity to start fresh and to make some, some bold moves. I mean, that, that's probably the next place they're going to have to get to, but I, I just don't think they're quite there. At the moment, but yeah, I mean, look, Chikrin would be a natural piece to move um, because I I do think you know while we see a lot of trades involving players on expiring deals, you know, typically the best ones are you know if if the team's going to give up some assets, if at least they're getting two, you know, two playoff runs guaranteed out of a player uh, like Jacob Chikrin if he was moved at this deadline, and so you know the Leafs have have certainly been interested in the past when Kyle Dubas was was a general manager. Um, you know, I don't think this one's quite at the front burner just yet, but you know, stay tuned in Ottawa because, uh, you know, they were hoping for a turnaround when they made the coaching change and they're still spinning their wheels there. 
I love that. Stay tuned for All-Star Weekend as well. Austin Matthews going to All-Star Weekend. You're going to be at All-Star Weekend. You know, all the fun and theatrics that comes with that. Just can you speak to Matthews, the season he's having? And just, I, I brought it up earlier. Like, remember last year in Sunrise, it was all about Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov. I love that Matthews is going to be like the unofficial official host of All-Star Weekend. And I'm sure Bieber is going to be close to him too, right? I would imagine. I, I don't have any info on that. I'm not a Bieber insider, but uh, I mean, <laughs> but, but given given their ties and how close they are, I would think as long as he's not busy doing something else, he'll be there. Um, yeah, look, Matthews is one of those guys. I mean, for all the talk of the players wanting to get out of the All-Star game, you know, this is going to be the seventh year he's gone. Basically every year that there's been an All-Star game when he's been in the league, he's been there. He's wanted to be there. He's, you know, the, he's, he's been into LA and, and St. Louis and Sunrise. And, and now I think they have it in Toronto. Like, I think he's really going to embrace it. I mean, the fact that he's he's one of the 12 players that's going to do the individual skills competition. I mean, there's actually going to be a little pressure there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess you have nothing to lose. If, if, you, if you don't win it, you don't win a million dollars. If you win it, you win a million. But there's, there's going to be more focus. It's not just, hey, you, you, you do one event and then you go off into the background. Um, and then the fact he'll captain one of the teams, you know, I think it's going to be a cool weekend for him. I would imagine you're going to see at least William Nylander and maybe another Leaf there just given – uh, the, the the power of Leafs Nation and, and fan voting and the fact it is being hosted in the city. And I, I think it'll actually be kind of a cool event. I mean, look, the All-Star game is what it is. I think it's a great time to be together. I always like going to the weekend. I seldom remember what happens in the games or on the ice because it's not really that important. But I, I, I do think that bringing the draft back this year, changing up the skills competition and then having Matthews and likely a few other Leafs, you know, I think it'll end up being one of the more memorable uh, weekends that, that we've seen from from All-Star. Getting my liver ready, my friend. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. You doing today, dry we'll... January to, yeah. to, to get ready? Yeah, or what? pretty much. Pretty much. You know how it is at these things. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for doing this today, bud. My thanks, pleasure. Chris. Good to see you guys. You too. The one and only Chris Johnson from The Athletic, uh, TSN, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, and uh, um, obviously some ties to CJ with my time over at Sportsnet, an absolute uh, gem of a human being, and, and looking forward to um, All-Star in Toronto. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Bieber's going to be there. Okay. That's what I can tell you without giving you too much. Uh, he will be a uh, attraction, we'll say, at All Star Weekend. He's going to be in the mix. I have it on pretty decent authority that that's going to happen. So, uh, looking forward to everything that comes with All Star Weekend. And I, I agree with CJ. It's not so much like I always put it this way like it's about the kids. You know, if the kids are happy and the kids are in the building and they're, they're pumped up and Jack see these guys in skills competition and playing and up close. That's all that matters. I think people just waste too much time bitching and complaining about All-Star Weekend. It is what it is, man. Yeah, 100%, right? It's it's an honor and it is you have to sell the game, right? Like and even if you're not even selling the game, you're just like building it, right? You think about the kids that get to go watch and part of it and getting to see cool stuff and Sometimes it's tricky when it's made about money for me, right? Because it's like these guys already make enough money. Um, but I understand where the NHL comes from trying to like get more out of it. And they're always trying to move the needle and see what they can do. But at the same time, like what a cool place for the all-star game, right? It's the hub of hockey. It's, yeah. you know, the Mecca. It's going to be awesome. And and having Matthews, like we talked about, you know, obviously Bieber, that doesn't move the needle for me. But for you, it obviously gets you going a little bit. So it's going to be, uh, it'd be nice to see the Beavs. Maybe you can get a pick with them or something. Dude, that's my bucket list thing to see Justin Bieber live <laughs> and uh, he's playing live. Okay. I'll just say that. I'm giving away way too much on the show, but uh, Bieber's, I think, is going to be performing at All Star. That's the, what I'm hearing. But um, it's always been a bucket list thing. I'm sure it's been a bucket list thing for you to watch Selena Gomez live. For me, it's Justin Bieber. So, how'd you know? How'd you know? <laughs> I, just, I had that feel, man. 
it's yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's it's a, well you can draw a correlation to bieber it's his ex-girlfriend there you go there we go yeah we're connected somehow but no honestly jokes aside it's 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 unreal i think the city's going to be buzzing not that it isn't buzzing every other day buzzing. that's for sure it's i think it's a lot of fun too in the sense of seeing like matthews especially like nylander's obviously going to be going too. like and he's just been on fire so it's it's cool to put everyone and this could be a springboard into a a big half after it too right like mm -hmm. the stars getting it and uh i remember the year we had it in nashville it was really cool um i wasn't in it but i i remember we got back we were away and then i remember going out like the night the last night of it or something like that and the city was just in a mayhem and it's good it kind of snowballs into stuff and it's always an honor to host it as well as be in it for these guys Oh yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Um, I know a lot of people are saying get in line for Gomez, pal. That's from uh, Igor McJazz. So you've got some competition for my boy uh, Igor. Gomez. Uh, I know Tammy writing, and it's about the kids and the sponsors. Couldn't agree more. And uh, I will add too that the Nation Network has some big plans for All Star Weekend. That's as much as I'll say right now, including the Leafs Nation. Jay Rosso is going to be in the mix as well. And it'd be great to plan a meetup with all our great uh, listeners and viewers here on this podcast. So stay tuned for that. And looking forward. All-Star Weekend. Uh, and again, many thanks to Chris Johnson for dropping by the show. I want to get in a bit of a conversation as Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face-off. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points in your first order and grab a sweet victory for the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Sign up to play daily face-off Survivor to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. And uh, I wanted to talk a bit about the one-year deal, guys, right? So your Benoit's, your Bertuzzi's, your Domi's, your Klingberg's, your Jones's. Um, January 1st, I don't know why you're laughing. January 1st, uh, it was Klingberg. They were <laughs> eligible for extensions. Is there anybody on that list of names that I just mentioned where you'd be like, you know what, let's go out there. Let's lock this guy up before he gets to free agency and Benoit's case, he's an RFA. But like, is there anybody you would engage with right now? Or is it, is it more about finding out what happens with Nylander first? I think the Nylander, even Jones for me, like if he would take an extension for There's a year, no rush. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, like I just don't think there's a huge rush right now to do it. Like, granted, you never know. Guys just go off, and and realistically, if a guy goes totally off and just has like this insane second half, you're not, you're probably not going to afford him anyway, right? So it's like, where do you err on that side, right? It's it's a little bit risky, right? I find unless it's a guy you know you can get for cheap or someone you can kind of back into a corner early because you know, like a Benoit maybe because he doesn't have that. You know, where Bertuzzi's going to get a deal, Domi's going to get a deal no matter what. They're not really going to be scared to be forced into something where Benoit is maybe like, hey, I, I better take a little extension right now just to make sure I'm in the league for the next few years. Definitely. Um, I think, again, getting back to the the root of the point, I think it's got to be a Nylander situation where you figure out what that number is going to be. But I don't think you want to commit until the summer. Like, uh, you know, it, it might stink. Like, let's say a guy like Bertuzzi goes on a, on a hot, hot run here, and then suddenly he's worth six, six and a half million bucks. I don't even think you want to go there to begin with. Like, I just don't think you'd engage at all. Like, maybe a Max Domi, if he's like, you know what, I'll sign a three-year deal at a pretty decent, steep, or, you know, cheap price, then sure. But I think for all the conversation that was made about, oh, let's get the January 1st, and these guys are eligible for extensions. Let's do this. Let's do that. I just don't think the Leafs can do that because of A, the Nylander thing, which seems to be coming to a head in the next couple of weeks. And then on top of that, as Chris Johnson just mentioned, you have Mitch Marner, who's going to be one year away. You have John Tavares, who's going to be one year away. 
you almost have to be very strategic in how you build around, again, the core four. I thought that was a great question, by the way. They're running it back, dude. That's exactly what they're doing. They're running it back with the core four. This is all this is telling me. They got Nylander signed about to. They got Matthew signed. Um, it, it's going to happen. Like they're they're bringing these four guys back. They're going to resign them. I just have that feeling, and nothing's going to change. Sadly, but I, I don't think I, I. There's no need to rush in. I know I brought this topic to you, but there's no need to rush in any extension talks. No, no, I, I think so too. Right, like that is, and especially like you talk about Nylander, the amount of money he's going to demand, rightfully so. Oh. Imagine being that guy right now, though, like just knowing you got the world by the balls and you could just wait and you're going to get paid and, you know, you're pretty much it's wild that everyone's on the same team. I always used to think about that where it's like you have these guys that you are like peers with, you play with, but then they're just like more of the team, like they're the most important player. Right. And obviously they don't act like that with each other, but like literally everything stops for these guys and it's got to be based around them. And I think at that point. Tree Living's got to really assess where they're at too, right? Like if say they flop and they're going to gas Keith or they're going to do something, make a drastic move. He doesn't want to have all these pieces that he's already signed. And now he's like, oh shit, I'm, I'm committed to this. And now I can't do what I want to do. Cause obviously I got a lot of dubious problems coming my way from that. I yeah. inherited as well. I like the decisions. Uh, some of them, obviously that tree living has made. I just, who's the GM of this team. It's quite clear. It's not Brad tree living. <laughs> it wasn't Kyle Dubas. <laughs> it's Brennan Shanahan. Like it's, it's the definition of insanity saying, Hey, these guys are going to get it done. And that's why I view this season as there's going to be change either way. The only, the only thing I'll say, like maybe you run it back another year with the core four, if they get to game seven of the Stanley cup final and they lose an OT and it's like, Holy shit, they were that close, but it's going to end one way or another. It's going to be a tough exit for the Leafs or it's going to be like a time where you're going to fire Keith and you're going to make change. Like change is coming. I just don't feel like it looks like they're dedicated to making a substantial change in terms of personnel, at least something that's going to do something to the core of this roster, right? I know. Like looking right now, if playoffs started today and they're playing the Florida Panthers in the first oh, round. Buddy. Can they beat the Florida Panthers? Honestly, can they beat the Florida Panthers in a seven game series? I, I watch Florida play. I watch Florida play like nightly, dude. They're so good. But Brodsky's I don't think they can. And he's no. he's he's absurd. He's been crazy. Yeah. And the like, can they beat the Bruins? Maybe I can see like the Bruins series, but like I don't know if they're beating the Florida Panthers in a seven game series right now. I know last year it was like the Cinderella story, but they were the president's trophy the year before. And the way they're playing right now and the way Bobrovsky's playing, I do not like Toronto's chances whatsoever, especially with the goalie woes and the back end. So where's yeah. that? Like, and that's what you're going to have to get through, right? And then you look at the other teams in the Metro. They're not – it's not like they're – the Metro's a powerhouse right now. Like, they're winning every game. It's it's a tight race. Tampa's there, but they got games in hand. And I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be an absolute dogfight for the Leafs, whether they make trades or don't make trades. I think it's going to be really hard. It's always going to be a dogfight. I wouldn't put it past Florida to win the division. They're two points back of Boston. They're just – man, they're really good. Like, I watch them a lot. They're well-coached. Um, goaltending Sergei Bobrovsky has has put put aside any notion that he's not going to play out his contract with this team. Like I know they have Spencer Knight, he's in the AHL, but defensively they're leaky tight, and and that's my hope too. Like if we're having this conversation a year ago, you're like, man, what the hell's going on with the Florida Panthers? Paul Maurice, what a weird decision. They can't play defense. They're all about offense, and they locked it in, man. They locked it in the last 15 games of the regular season. I always like to bring up that game in Toronto, the Leafs. Had them dead to rights. It was 2 nothing. 
It probably would have eliminated the Florida Panthers. They come back. Alex Lyons, their fucking goalie, they win in overtime and they go on a monster run. And as as fate would have it, the Leafs end up losing to Florida in the second round. It's hockey and, and sports works in mysterious ways. And I think that would be the hope from a Leafs perspective is they'd somehow find a way to just fucking bring it every night. Every night. Bring it, bring it, bring it. That's what you see from the Florida Panthers, man. They didn't they they don't take that foot off the pedal. They don't have those types of games. If they do, they respond. And I think that's what we're looking for is consistency here in Toronto. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's one of those things where you look back on that game, big turning point, Maurice going absolutely nuts on the bench. That was when uh, Walt Kachuk there called out the boys for being exactly. soft and said a bunch yeah. of crap. And, and maybe that's what the Leafs need, some sort of moment of like, you know, and to become that team that's just hard to play against, right? Where, again, I we touch on this a lot, but like the consistency defensively and structure is just not there. We're like, when you're playing Florida, even if they're playing bad, you know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be a tough game. And and then with the way Bob's playing, like even like last night, they played really well, pounded Vegas 4-1. Yeah. That save he made on Marshall showed Eichel sauced it over to him. Like what a save, like a timely oh. save in the game. And he just competes. And man, it's fun to watch at his age and the way he takes care of himself. You know, it's not surprising to me, but at the same time, it's, Man, it is a product of a good system as well. Maurice is a guy that people want to play for. Jamie Compound, assistant coach, great guy. Guys want to play for him. All about the system. I, I keep bringing it back, but Aiden Hill won a Stanley Cup last year. Show me good goalie. Show me a good system and the other way around sometimes. And I think with respect to Bobrovsky, he's been ripped for that contract. But I think last year alone proved he was worth every penny in, in terms of how he played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I... I just think from the least perspective, I, I couldn't agree with more with you. Like Florida's just a tough, tough opponent. They're going to drag you through the fight. And there's just so many gamers on that roster. Like Sam Reinhardt, as you mentioned, contract year. Reinhardt's having an outstanding year. I know Barkov got banged up last night. Uh, if they can get like Ekblad and Montour going on the back end, like that's going to be a scary pull. That's probably the last team I'd want Toronto to play. There's other teams in this division where I'm like, you know what? They match up well. Tampa. Um, I think they would play Boston pretty well, too. Uh, you know, it would be a tough series, obviously more difficult than like a Tampa series. And I expect Boston to add a, a center like Lindholm. I think Boston's going to be in on him. They're going to bulk up at the deadline. But Florida, I, I'm right there with you. I just it's a tough opponent. It's a tough game. The Leafs have no time and space. They don't do well with that. No, I think you compare it to like that game we just watched against Carolina where they just yep, come in and exactly. play a great game. And it's yeah. like, it's going to be annoying to watch almost because you're like waiting for the boys to go off and it's just not going to happen because there's just no time, no space. And it's like overwhelming. I remember playing when St. Louis was good. They had that like big bodies team when I was in the Central Division. And even as a goalie, you're just like, man, it's like you don't even see the puck. They just get it in. They pound it in. They just keep coming at you like line after line after line after line. And it's it's tough. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're down two, one, three, one in the third period. And there's like no hope to get back into the game when those teams are playing like that. I'll just say this, like the, again, how, how many times can the onus be on the players? If they can't get the job done this year, you have to make a substantial change. If you don't, then it's a definition of insanity. Uh, meantime, the Botano wrap up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus please play responsibly. Anything you're looking at tonight, uh, if not tonight, you want to talk a bit about the Leafs game tomorrow against San Jose. I would envision you're looking at the puck line or maybe even uh, minus two and a half. Yeah, like I don't mind that. I also don't mind the under with with uh, Blackwood playing. I think he always tends, he tends to play well when he gets a lot of shots. So I do like that. I think for me, it's just the waiting game now of seeing who's starting too, which is going to be exciting. Um, you know, I'm pulling for the kid, right? Like Martin Jones, if he lost to the Sharks, I wouldn't care. He'd be able to manage it. Where I, if Hildeby gets a chance to play, I really think the Leafs are going to just 
pound it down San Jose's throat just because like I feel like they need to play well and back this kid up. And me being a goalie, the last thing I would want is for this guy to have like a rough night in his first start against San Jose, not to like, you know, mess his uh, psyche up. So Rosie poo pooed me a bit yesterday and I get it, but I brought up the fact that Martin Jones played for the San Jose Sharks and he brought up the fact that coaches don't give a fuck against, you know, former teams, but I don't believe that for a second. I think many times you see guys make the return. I know it's been more than one return, but I think it sort of factors in. There's an off day or two off days here for Jones. Is Am I making it bigger than it has to be? Like, do they have to play Jones? They don't have to play him anywhere, but do they have to put him? Uh, do they feel obligated to put Jones in there because he's a former San Jose Shark? No, I don't think so. And I think he's no. mature enough not to do with it. It makes sense, right? Be look at Hines not playing Marc-Andre Fleury and possible his last game in True. Pittsburgh. But John Hines yeah. isn't Sheldon Keefe, too. It's totally two different animals. You won the job, too. Yeah, but I also think that, like, they're going to do what's best to win hockey games, right? At the end of the day, that is, like, and if they think that playing your best goalie the first night of the back-to-back, they're going to go with it, right? Um, It's just more, like, what do they want to expose this kid to? And at some point, I don't think they're going to care. They're going to be, like, it's like San Jose playing the, I don't even know what his name was, the young kid that got up a game against Edmonton. It was, like... What was, this, what was he What was he going to do in that game, right? Where this is a little different because you have the firepower to protect this kid. So I, I wouldn't be surprised we see him at home. My thing is I just hope he doesn't get roasted, especially doing it in Toronto's family. You think Toronto's going to care when he, if he plays bad, they're going to be giving it to him. But he could win and it could be awesome, right? I, I think the proper play, I know it's hockey in Canada, but I'd rather have his debut come in San Jose than in Toronto if he gets lit up. My goodness. Um, and just to wrap, did you see how pissed off people in Anaheim are over that, um, I guess the title they had in the Toronto sun after Lucas Dostal made 55 saves in that game. They called him a no-name goalie and like all of Anaheim was freaking out. So all 17 fans are freaking out. Yeah, but that's not like, I watched the game and he hasn't been great. That was the greatest game I think I've I've seen him play and been that like, that's hockey, who cares? He is kind of, he hasn't really cut his teeth yet. They're going to start hating you now. That's okay. Lots of people do anyway. I had the rest of Buffalo too. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I just, hockey Twitter is amazing sometimes and uh, I totally get it. I've known about Dostel quite a bit. Um, and he's a up and coming prospect. He's a reason why John Gibson could be on the trade block for the Anaheim Ducks. So we'll see what's in store for this Maple Leafs team this week. And again, a back to back home and home, I guess I should call, I should call it, um, Saturday and Tuesday with the San Jose Sharks, who again, have lost 10 straight games all in regulation. We all know what that formula means for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I've been saying that all year long against inferior opponents. I know one way to bet. And it ain't on the Maple Leafs. Huts, we'll leave it at that, buddy. See you, my man. Thanks for having me again. You've just been a great host all week. Two this week. I'm working full-time hours almost. Stop it. We love having you. Uh, We love having everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401. If you could subscribe right now, leave us a like, review, smash the like button once again. Leafs want to take wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, many thanks to producer Vic. uh, Gavin stepping up earlier this week. And obviously, uh, producer Aaron. I think it's Aaron's last show with us. So a goodbye. Um, I got into it with Oilers fans on Thursday night that suggested the Edmonton Oilers are the best team in the NHL right now. Uh Uh-uh, I don't think so. It's the Florida Panthers. We're going to leave it at that. We'll be back on Monday. Take care, everybody. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.